Hello and welcome to the 14th episode of my podcast, Cognitive Urbanism. I'm Justin Hollander. I teach urban planning at Tufts University and it has uh, been a great honor for me to be able to continue to uh, host these these podcasts. As uh, many of you know, iTunes uh, has been retired as a concept, so this is um, podcast that is uh, is currently hosted through Apple Podcasts. So what um, what I wanted to talk about today actually um, makes a connection with if you uh, join me on the 13th episode. Actually, it's funny. I've been doing this for, for a couple of years now, and I've never made any connection. There's never been like part one or part two of a podcast. But if you were listening to the last podcast, I was talking about Orlando. And one of the really interesting insights that, that came from that that podcast uh, was was really around how people experience the places that uh, Disney World creates compared to the the places that have been essentially created through the standard capitalist democratic uh, real estate uh, marketplace and development and and so really just I really enjoyed the chance to just kind of compare and contrast in the last episode. What I wanted to kind of hone in on here was really how, in talking to a reporter, actually a guy from um, a, a magazine in, in Denmark, he was asking me about some of this research that I've been doing around the psychology of people's you know, perception of places. And you know, we were actually having this really fun conversation around this, this very topic of how people perceive buildings and places that have certain elements. And I've written with my co-author Anne Sussman about what some of those elements are in a book called Cognitive Architecture that was published a few years ago. The book really focuses on a number of elements that are have to do with the, the way that the human brain really evolved uh, from uh, other species and then going back billions of years through evolution where certain, where certain traits were conserved. And we actually have a whole chapter on, on each of these, these uh, elements, each of these, these traits. One, one of them, just to give you a flavor, and I talked about this actually in a, in a previous podcast, is, is bilateral symmetry. So when the left and the right side of an image um, are a mirror image of each other, this is... Um, a, an element in the built environment that scientists have, have been able to show that uh, puts people at ease and that we recognize that and we connect with that. And that's, um, that's something that, that we're, we're evolved as, as uh, the animals that we are, we are evolved to, to, to seek out that pattern as, as, as we seek out many other patterns. But, but just focusing on that one particular pattern, I want to just emphasize here how important the decisions that are being made in, in, in designing buildings and places are. When you think about you need to have certain elements. Well, as it turns out that we often think on a kind of a, a more conscious level about uh, historic preservation. We think, oh, it's important to preserve the historic fabric of a place. We want to be able to remember what a place used to look like. We, we want to be able to make those connections with our, our, uh, our history. 
So, so there's lots of arguments that make sense in terms of promoting historic preservation or heritage planning. The, the, these ideas have so many, many, many rational bases. But what are something I've actually uh, written and spoke publicly quite, quite uh, actually a lot about is this idea that there's, there's actually a lot of scientific basis to historic preservation because you know if you read our book uh, Cognitive Architecture and if you look at some of this this research you'll, you'll see that in fact many of these traits uh, that that we have conserved in 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 our uh, in our bodies that we conserve through evolution they they, they suggest that that certain building forms that would maybe be considered vernacular in some ways, that, that these are the ones, uh, these are the kind of uh, forms and structures that, and styles that, that, that people seem to, to be most attracted to and most designed to want to wanna take in. So it's really this kind of break between the vernacular, the traditional designs versus more modern. So here is where this gets interesting something changed and when, when people started building and architects started designing buildings in this kind of modern era uh, with, uh, with large uh, plate glass windows and, and um, little, very little decoration, what started happening was people didn't really connect with those buildings in the same way on an unconscious level. And so we talk actually quite a lot um, in, in this in this area in this kind of research area around the need to be able to have a lot of the kind of elements that we're used to in, in a traditional design but here is the rub we don't actually need them to be historic you don't need to preserve a building just because it's old now of course there may be a lot of other benefits to that there could be environmental benefits cultural social benefits but in terms of our needs as evolved mammals, what we actually need in our brain, what, we don't need it to be real. And this is the connection back to Orlando. Disney understood that. And the people who run Disney World today, they understand that. It's not important to us on an unconscious level that places around us that we see are authentic. We're not hardwired for authenticity. Rather, we're hardwired for all these other elements, these, these different types of design elements. And what really smart developers and people like Disney have figured out is that we don't need it to be authentic on an unconscious level. Maybe consciously a lot of people will be like, oh, well, that... that um, does that design looks like it's just trying to copy an old-fashioned design. This is an early critique of the new urbanists. If you kind of study how the, the first uh, major new urbanist project at Seaside, Florida, um, that, that project was, uh, was so ridiculously popular among most people, <laughs> um, media, and, and of course in terms of the, the sales, it was just so enormously popular. But... When it came to the critique, there was a lot of people who were concerned on a kind of very intellectual level that what uh, Andre Stoyne and Elizabeth Plater, Zabek, that they were that they were creating some something fake. It was supposed to look old, but that is what the, the critiques didn't know this. And this was back when they really didn't know it. We didn't have the the science wasn't quite there yet. But today, in 2019, we know it. The Science is there. We are not 
programmed for, um, for hardwired for authenticity. It's just not that important on an unconscious level. So what matters is rather that there's certain elements and it's, it's that kind of that bilateral symmetry. It's, it's certain arrangements of elements that resemble face-like structures. It's hierarchy in the structures. It's a narrative, beginning, middle, and end. And the other uh, element is edges. It's, it's really well-defined, well-made well edges. Other things are things like primal vista, the idea of being able to see far away um, that, that protects you in terms of the prospect and refuge. So there's, there's a lot that we know about what it means to create places that, that connect with people on an unconscious level. But here, I'm trying, I want to emphasize in this episode that it doesn't have to be real. It doesn't have to use uh, historic materials. And personally, this has been a, quite a conundrum for me my whole professional life because as, as, a, as an urban planner, I, I, I walk around, I see new development, a new housing development, for example, um, where there's like a building that has a facade of brick, but then you get close and you realize um, it's actually just decorative. Maybe there's like a tiny little quarter inch layer of, of brick, but but the, but the brick isn't providing um, you know no um, no structural benefits. It's it's, it's really just uh, decorative. But that's the point. It doesn't matter. What we don't want, we don't need to see actual brick, and we don't need to see these elements. In, in a way that 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 suggests that they're uh, that they're old, um, our, our unconscious needs to have these certain elements and arranged in a certain way and certain materials, but our unconscious doesn't really doesn't uh, uh, doesn't really appreciate the benefit of authenticity. So. Um, I really appreciate you joining me for uh, this episode, uh, episode number 14. Um, I'm uh, excited to hear, I don't know if it's come out yet, but Planning Magazine, which is the official publication for the American Planning Association, they told me that they're, they're going to be doing a little bit of a feature on this podcast. So uh, look out in that, in the July issue of that magazine and see, um, see if they can do, they do a write-up on that. And again, it's uh, no longer iTunes, so don't, don't go to your iTunes website. Instead, go to Apple Podcasts. That's the, the new iteration. And uh, definitely subscribe and uh, look forward to, if you have questions or comments, feel free to email me and uh, our ideas for other uh, podcast episodes. I'm, I'm certainly uh, welcome, welcome those ideas. And uh, thank you for listening. Have a nice day.